For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 44 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting the show with me today is Terrell Keith. What up, Keith? What's happening? What's happening, Corey? Man, I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited about this, man. Just I've been I've been I've been waiting on this all week long, man. My excitement's built up. I hope hopefully I can um get this excitement out like right now. <laughs> oh yeah. I I can already feel it, man. I can already feel it. <laughs> Let's do this, man. We have a special, special guest today, man. I, you know, we started this podcast a few months ago, didn't really know what to expect, but I mean obviously with the platform that we have for Jackson State. It's something exciting and, you know, this just kind of shows the direction of the podcast uh, as far as the caliber of guests we have based on who we have today. He really needs no introduction, but he is the manager, co-CEO of the Blueprint Group, Group, executive producer and COO of Young Money Entertainment. He is a sonic boom of the South and Jackson State University alumnus, so he is the I Love family, none other than Cortez Bryant. What up, Tez? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's good, yes. man? I'm here. Brother. Yes, sir. We're here. We're doing this. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, we, th- we want to thank you for coming on, man. We know a million things you could be doing, but you're spending it with the JSU family, so we appreciate it. Man, I appreciate I appreciate y'all having me, bro. You know, this is all, I'm always uh, open to the conversations with my family, especially my D.I. Love family. You oh, know, yeah. this is always... Yeah. And it, this, this, I, I treat this like an escape from, you know, the work and the, 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 the daily uh, uh, ins and outs to have to do every day. So I'm, you know, right. it's a pleasure to be on with you guys, bro. Man, <laughs> Jackson State has Jackson State has been great to us, man. And you know, meeting meeting Cortez and and just you know being able to to interact with him and connect with him from years gone by, man. So like this moment right here is so great to me. You know, so man, just major shout out to Cortez for real, man, and, and our friendship because we've been friends for a long time. Yes, no doubt. sir. No Absolutely. doubt. Mm-hmm. Cortez, mm-hmm. what what are you up to these days, man? Man, uh, I've been quarantining in the house, um, really trying to pivot, man. You know, the, in the music business, um, this is one of those industries where, at, at least music management, it's one of those industries that kind of take a big hit because I. Uh, um, you know, managers paid off the commission, and and an artist's uh, biggest source of revenue is concerts and touring. So 
you know, so you got basically all the money that, that you was used to making, you know what I'm saying, came to a halt. So I've been in the position uh, to, in, uh, as far as work, to just try to pivot for survival, um, make sure all my employees stay employed uh, to get through this uh, uh, this COVID crisis. And then, you know what I'm saying, uh, um, um, a, a whole different activation of, of social uh, responsibility came out here for me. So I'm doing a lot of things in that space, including uh, uh, creating a new company that was kind of brought up out of uh, um, the need for uh, equality. Wow. That's what's up. Wait a minute. No, no, that was, that was big, big. Like, you know, That's most big. people say, yeah, man, I'm just sitting around just trying to chill it. Day to day. <laughs> yeah. But Gaining weight, putting on some pounds. Going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing cool. that too. I'm doing that too, man. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't I'll give believe it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. the layer of that. Yeah, absolutely. Also, gained weight, putting on pounds, cooking more, <laughs> being a father. Those, those other things we're trying to figure out at the same time. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So, Tiz, um, you mentioned being a father, and, and uh, so I want to say congrats on the new baby boy. I know I've told you this before, but you know you can never run out of uh, congrats to somebody. So, so let me ask you this, man. So, how's fatherhood? treating you like i know life is busy because you know i have two boys yeah. myself and no sleep if you don't get sleep you know so how how's fatherhood for you and balancing like dad life with work life um it's, it's it's been it's been the best thing that's come out of this whole uh corona crisis you know uh um i travel a lot with work you know um this is probably the longest i've ever been in one place in 16 years uh, wow. just sitting still, just sitting still. So it was a blessing, you know, the Corona, uh, the blessing, a blessing came out of Corona for me because I was able to sit still and catch these first, these couple, first couple months, these made four months, a uh, couple of days ago. So, um, you know, and it, it's been great. It's definitely been, uh, um, um, uh, a learning curve for me, you know what I'm saying? Getting peed on and pooped on it early on. Uh, I think he like told me that. And, and then, uh, <laughs> just, just figuring things out, bro, because uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, and, and my mom and my girl's mom, they haven't had, had kids since 30, 40 years. So, uh-huh. you know, so we really out here just winging it, you know? So, there you uh, go. That's the beauty of it, learning but, on the fly. Yeah, yeah, but all the, you know, all the moments, like, I'd be excited and, and pumped by all moments. Like, like, like last week, I talked about a whole bottle, right? I was like, I was psyched up about that. I like, because I'm on night duty. So I just uh, try to figure out all things I do at, at night, you know what I'm saying? I get all the night. I read, I don't sleep. You're right, uh, 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 I don't sleep, bro, but. I'm on night duty, and I told him about the whole bottle, man. I, I almost, I, I was like fist pumping, like, yeah, yeah, you doing that? They say hey, five months, you doing that in three? You doing that in three months, son? Like, listen, Cortez, man, celebrate the small victories, dog. Any any victory <laughs> is a victory, no matter how big it is or how small it is. Holding the yeah. bottle, that is major, because that's one less thing you have to do. <laughs> yeah, bro. 
the fatherhood been great, dog. I mean, definitely, you know, um, 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 I didn't know what to expect, and everything has been way more than well, could I, I could ever have expected, though. You know, it's crazy. You said something earlier. You said that um, the whole pandemic, it came kind of came at, like, the right time. You know, there's not nothing positive about it, but, I mean, finding the positiveness out of it, you found that, like, you know, I know with your business, you're 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 gone all the time, or you're traveling. So it's like right at the right moment, you were able to spend the most pivotal, the most important parts of your your child's life, like the early stages. You're you're there. You're right there. Like you're you're right there in it. You're not missing a a poop or anything. It's 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 all there. You're there. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. Cause I I mean, before I didn't know what to expect that kind of shut everything down at the top of January. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I was just trying to figure out, I was like, damn, man, I don't know when I, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking when, when, when could I leave when I'm going to be able to be? Cause I, like I said, I didn't know what I was, what kind of journey I was about to embark on. So, right. you know, I was really struggling with that. Uh, when's the right time to leave kind of asking my peers that's in the business with kids you know, and all of them had different times, and then then their wives or significant others are different type people too. So some of them wasn't playing it at all, and some of them, you know, was more lenient <laughs> and understanding. So mm-hmm. you know, I was dreading that day when I was going to have to walk away and uh, leave. So I'm yeah, so I'm glad that uh, that that good that good thing came out of uh, COVID. Gotcha. Speaking of whole this whole pandemic and this whole COVID stuff, man. So. Um, how has this pandemic like affected your daily life and running your particular running your business? Like, what what challenges have you um, encountered? Um, I've had to, I've had to, with running the business, uh, the management business, I had to figure out other ways to generate income uh, mm-hmm. and be creative, you know, um, and be creative and do kind of creative things to kind of. Uh, um, um, uh, uh, bring some more money to the table, right? Uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. been challenging. I'm not gonna sit up here and lie and say it's not. It hasn't been challenging. It's been challenging. Like I, I, I take pay cuts and what I pay myself on salary, and, and my highest employees had to take cuts, um, 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 in order to kind of sustain, you know, because like um, like I was saying earlier, like. Ninety percent of the revenue coming into the company just put halt, halted, you know, and we had cash reserves to kind of sustain us, you know. But when it was just like the concert business not coming back to twenty twenty one, you know, me and my partners had to take a look. It was just like, bro, we're not gonna make it. We ain't gonna make it to twenty twenty one. You know, we don't have cash flow like like that. You know, what I'm saying uh, our overhead and expenses of. Uh, 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 with healthcare and all those other things for our employees, uh, 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 upwards of $200,000 a month. So, wow. uh, so it was about trying to figure out how to make that up, you know what I'm saying? And try to keep our employees, uh, paid. So, um, we definitely, we, I mean, the federal government, that PPP loan kicked in and helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. So the government programs, uh, um, uh, that they've had, that they've had has assisted us in a way, to uh, help that along and kind of put a Band-Aid on it to kick us down the road. And and um, and we end up figuring, like I said, we end up figuring out um, 
you know, creating some, closing some deals, closing some deals early, you know what I'm saying? It was some things boiling for Lil Nas X that was kind of big that kind of came through. So, I mean, God just put it in place where though we got, we got our, our life wrapped. So I'm not as stressed about that, you know, and it allowed me to. So I, I kind of sustained that uh, right now and it allowed me to kind of shift energy to a lot of other things that's been on my heart with uh, social activism. Right. Definitely, yeah, and I, I definitely see you active in that on social media, man. So, you know, keep it up. Great job, as I told you. I caught you on Instagram Live yesterday as well. So, you know, you continue using your, your platform to do what you do, man. That's huge, brother. I'm trying, dog. I'm trying. That's, 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 that's just, yeah, that's a whole other uh, chapter that, that, uh-huh. that, that God's putting, putting on my uh, heart right now. So I'm trying to right. navigate through it and, and kind of, just jump out there and see where it goes. You know, I know it's going to be done in in, in the spirit of good, you know, uh, and it definitely, uh, I've always been that type of person to be given and, and wanting to see right. um, uh, our people uh, on an equal playing field uh, to our white counterparts. You know, I think Jackson State instilled a lot of that in me. You know, mm-hmm. so um, it's definitely became become active since I moved to back to Atlanta like four or five years ago. Definitely, and, and we definitely want to get into what all Jackson State instilled in you. But first, let's take it back to New Orleans. Let's go back to the No in your early days. How did you yeah. first get into music? What, you know, what was it like growing up as a musician? Um, you know what? I didn't. I I, I really didn't know that music was going to be like my calling or thing at all, bro. Um, Really? (laughs) um, No, not at all. Like I I, I was at high school. I was in a school called McMain in New Orleans. Um, And I had probably did every extracurricular activity there is. Like every sport, ran track, played football for a little while, basketball. Like I kind of did everything. And it was at a point. And I was I took like concert band like the concert band elective at school because it was an easy A. So that that was my that was sort of my entry level of going of why I even got there. You know what I'm saying? And then and 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 I was like I'm not gonna play no horn. I don't know how to play no horn. So I was like I'm gonna beat a drum. So shit, let let me just figure that out. I was like I'm pretty sure I can beat this drum to get an easy A. So that was the spirit of actually me getting into band, bro getting into band, but, you know, um, I started, you know, but in, in New Orleans, the band culture is like, it's like a sport itself. So once I got kind of in that world, you know, it kind of, it, it brought me in all the way. <laughs> and, um, and we didn't have a marching band in my school at the time. You know, we only had a concert, uh, concert symphonic band, uh, at our school. So me and a couple of my homies, we started a petition just to start a marching band at our school, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we turned around. This might've been my junior year of high school. We started it, you know, I was then the drum major my senior year, you know, and then off to, and I got, I just quickly got like uh, gravitated to that world of marching bands. Um, that same year we started the band was the first year I saw Jackson State because all he knew Southern and Grambling growing up. We we weren't exposed to a mm-hmm. lot of things outside. You know, we didn't have the internet, so we weren't exposed. We was only exposed to the people, Bayou Classic and the colleges that kind of came through. You know, it wasn't too many people. We might have had a few people that went to Texas Southern, 
from New Orleans, but we didn't have a lot of Jackson State folks like in the city, you know, and they came and did a battle of the bands. And I was just like, oh, shit, look mm-hmm. at the bass drum. Look at how they turning them damn drum. What is this? So, you know, but it was dope, man. I, I You know, and and, and um, one of my homeboys from my neighborhood, uh, Sylvester Morris, he played football for Jackson State. And that's been that, first round draft yeah. pick. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So that was from, uh, uh, um, 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 you know, I knew of him going to uh, Jackson State, you know what I'm saying? And I was just like, uh, at the time, I, I was undecided, and I was actually probably about to go to Southern University, did not revoke my boom card. Oh, wait a minute. I can edit that part out. Don't worry. I can edit that part out of it. Leave that in. Leave that in. We need to know that. <laughs> I don't think nobody. I, no, I, I, I was going to Southern Bad. They didn't have any housing on campus, and my mom couldn't afford to to uh, to commute. I couldn't afford to commute to no goddamn. I had no car, no shit like that. I couldn't afford, uh, afford to commute from Baton Rouge to New Orleans. So <laughs> I was like, I gotta find other options because <laughs> I gotta go uh-huh. to school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, and this was August, bro. This was like like them late July. Like two weeks before band camp, so um, I remember Jack State had sent me a letter, had sent me an offer in the mail. So I was like, "Mom, let's just, you know, let me go here and see what this is about." You know, not knowing anything, bro, just seeing them at that one time and kind of applying uh, based off of that one time me seeing them. You know, thought it was dope, but it was like, like I said, we grew up on Southern and Grambling. Southern was clearly the the better band than Grambling. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'll give them the that. From New Orleans to go to go uh, to go there, so but you know, um, I signed, I, I, I feel uh, I accepted uh, the Jackson State offer, bro. And two weeks later, I was at Jackson State, and this kind of was history, man. From there, um, wow. and that kind of started my journey, bro. And, and, and as I look back forward for the music business. You know, uh, and I and and I now that I can look at my life all these years later, I can see how my steps were ordered and how things were supposed to happen. You know, because a lot of the fundamentals right. I could took from the band and being in the boom and and uh, um, you know I use in my everyday uh, uh, career. Mm. I'd be long winded with these answers too, y'all. So no, 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 you good, you. So we 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 we're we're just talking. You good? That's that, so that information is great information. Like I'm actually learning stuff, and I thought I knew everything about you. I, I, I don't. Did, let's go back to this southern part. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just. I've never said that. <laughs> I, know, I always wondered that though. I, I've been wondering how, how a kid from New Orleans ended up ended up at Jackson State. So I'm glad you yeah, put that out. But look, but look. After me, like I started, I started. I, I take credit for this shit too, because I started, you know, a big thing. Like when I went to Jack State, I started bringing those tapes home from New Orleans to mm-hmm. expose people to New Orleans. So then we got the Kevin Johnson, who was a who was yeah. a dir- director now, who went to my high school. You know, I was bringing them tapes right mm-hmm. back, and we right. had a uh, Ricardo Emilian, who also went to my high school. We had some yep. great players come from Jackson State through me bringing them tapes back. Like them right. tapes I was bringing from. From my uh, from my years at Jack State, so I started circulating around the city, you know, to mm-hmm. get exposure because we didn't have that exposure, you know. So we we had a, a surgence of New Orleans people started coming uh, to the band when it was like far, it was few when I was there, like few, 
Um, and I remember that. I remember that. Like you're, you're, you're. Take take all the credit, brother. You are the reason why a lot of people from New Orleans decided to come to Jackson State. Pass off to you. Like I remember, like Corey. I remember being in the band. You know, I marched with Cortez, and I remember when Kevin and Ricardo that he spoke of. I remember when they both came over, and they were magnificent players, even to this day. Like I and see Kevin. I don't want to get too far off. Kevin played the same instrument that I played. We both played French horn and mellophone. Mm-hmm. And when Kevin came to Jackson State, I kind of got nervous because he was a great, great <laughs> player. And he made me step my game up. Even as a freshman, when he was a freshman and I was a, uh, I was a, a junior, when junior, he came yeah. in, I think I was a junior. Or was it? Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, I was a junior. Yeah. I was a junior. When when Kevin came in, I had to step my game up. Like, oh, this guy he is pretty good. Let me start practicing a little bit more because I cannot be outdone by a freshman. So yeah, I, I, I remember that. I remember that. Wow, yeah, that's man. amazing. So so Ted, I I personally remember you working on the band staff um, as a videographer. Correct correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I did a lot, okay. man. Doc, Doc, Doc helped me out a lot, man. He gave me all kind of jobs to keep me on scholarship. I love Dr. Liddell, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Man. We could, you know, we could do a whole podcast on Dr. Liddell alone, just just oh, yeah. out because of all of the things, right? So, Ted, we what, might need to get so him what, on there, Corey. Yeah, y'all need to get him oh, on there. Let's we, call we him right to. now. We have to. Let's call him right now. We have to. No, we can't do that. We can't do that. We're so, Ted, what, we'll bring what, you back what on was it? Right. <laughs> Tess, what was it that inspired you or transitioned you from being on the band staff to whatever that next level was? And what was that next level? Um, you talk about for us life from, from, from the band staff to I mean the band staff, um especially like oh three, you know, um in oh three was when um those first couple of years after I graduated, you know, I was a math comm major. So mm-hmm. I told oh, yeah. Doc, I told Doc. Masscom, shout out to Masscom. Yeah, absolutely. That's right, absolutely. So that's what kind of that's what kind of got me into uh, you know the the videographer part. You know, just trying to get practice and and get a, get some things in a resume tape to put together uh, on my way to uh, um, graduation. You know, and Doc Doc you know respected that and kept me on scholarship and kind of let me do that. You know. Um, in the 2003, when uh, uh, Joe Ringo, one of these band directors we had, <laughs> went missing, I remember or fired or something. I don't know what that happened to him. He kind of disappeared, <laughs> and he did. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm laughing because this is a moment right now that, like, I can't help but to laugh because I remember all of this stuff. But okay, keep going. So, Joe Ringo, yes. keep going. So, so in '03, uh, right before I graduated, uh, my, this is my last year before I actually graduated. You know, uh, before I finally got out of there. You know, uh, Doc, uh, um, he wanted to bring back, I guess, the percussion section. Man, had had, had mm-hmm. was taking some hits, and we had got down to like few. It wasn't just it wasn't what WT was about, you know, and and he wanted to uh, instill you know, uh, uh, the old spirit of WT, get the numbers back up in the section. So he, t- you know, he wanted myself and uh, uh, some of my other brothers, Herman and Boosie, to become, be the percussion instructors that year, you know, to get the numbers back up. So that role in itself definitely, you know, catapulted, you know, uh, outside of just being a section leader, um, 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 
while I was in the band, you know, being uh, in that leadership role at, at that level, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I couldn't do the things I was doing just looking at it as a student. They had to look at things from a different perspective, you know, uh, um, kind of helped me, cause, you know, because right after that, I jumped into music management, literally like January. And after the fall season, that January, I became Wayne's manager. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of it kind of uh, prepared me um, for that role. You know what I'm saying? I automatically got put you know put in a place where I was the leader, the CEO, the the thought, the, the, the think tank, and have to come up with strategies, ideas, and and having to uh, oversee people and bring them together. So you know a lot of that comes from the boom, and and, and especially that last position that Doctor uh, gave me uh, uh, while I was in the boom. Wow, that's nice. So I want to hear some boom stories from both of y'all. Now I know we can do a whole nother show on this episode in itself. So so let's keep it short for now, and then we'll we'll come back another time and we'll just really go in. But let's hear those stories. Something that you can share on the podcast now. Tiz, you go first. Um, Okay, then I, I, I guess I, I guess I saw freshman uh, freshman year, right? Uh, coming into the band, uh, I mean, I've met my best friends to this day. I mean, all of us, we got I have great friends and brothers, you know what I'm saying? But I'm really, you know, we I nurtured a relationship with two guys that were uh, that we became more closer probably than any than anyone, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Jerome Forrest and Michael Morris, Black and Cowboy, with, with, with a lot of people in the, in the band world, and, and who was on the yard with us, know them by. Um, you know, we kind of met that first, especially me and Black. Um, we met that first day of band camp, right? And mm-hmm. it's funny what it, it. I mean, it's a it's an amazing thing with the how, what Boom Family means. You know what I'm saying to this day, and how we still stick tight and still have these relationships all these years later. Like, it's really legit a real extended family, bro. Um, and one of the my, the highlights of, of my freshman year, you know, coming in, so when I came in, it put me on cymbals because I knew how to play. Cymbals is a big thing in New Orleans. The cymbal culture is a big thing in New Orleans. And uh, it wasn't there yet in Jackson. It was only a couple of, it was only a couple other schools. Like you see people twirling and flipping these symbols now that were kind of doing that heavily. And that was probably like Southern Grambling, Texas Southern. It started in New Orleans. So those schools who had an extension of uh, New Orleans uh, uh, students, you know, that culture kind of spread it there. And it wasn't all the way there at Jackson State. They had, like, these guys came two years before the Al, Alpha Celestine, call them S.A., uh, kind of put it on, kind of brought it there. But within the two years that he was there and I came, like, it had evolved even more in, in the city of New Orleans. So, um, so long story short, when I got there, I was already advanced. You know, I was advanced on that instrument way more than anyone that, any of my crab brothers, but the thing about being in my section and the philosophy of my section, uh, War and Thunder, is you're always strong as your weakest link, right? So they made sure they drilled in my head. They made sure they drilled in my head. Like if 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 I don't care how good you are, if I don't see, you know, improvement in your crab brothers, 
ones who came in with me, you know, that was in my on my instrument, then you're not marching in the game, you know. Like, that literally, like, you know, and, and coming from me, because cause Black helped me out a lot, because the series that we played with, 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 with all the Jack State fans here, that when we come in the stands, the W – the the percussion uh, uh, cadence is called the series. It was 27 minutes long. We had nothing like that in New Orleans. I never memorized anything 27 minutes long. So <laughs> although Black had never played symbols in Dead's Light, like he helped me stay up every night, uh, all night, you know, trying to figure out how to. I was a good player, but I didn't was not familiar with these uh, cadences that Jack State had. So he'll stay up all night. Help me figure out. We was putting numbers to things like you know. Help me memorize this twenty-seven minute long uh, um, um, cadence, you know. But he still couldn't march and play at the same. So he had di- dynamic issues that he couldn't get together. You know what I'm saying? So he didn't march uh, for a couple games. But I had to make sure as he was helping me. You know, uh, the philosophy of like I said, our section is work is, is working together. I had to make sure that he was improving. So. The highlight and probably the, the the most rewarding best part of my freshman year was the first game he was able to march, you know, and it probably was like like a Southern game, I believe. So it was probably like six, seven games in that he finally made it and was able to uh, get a spot and march in the game. It was like the most rewarding feeling. And, and what I learned the most, you know, from that is um, uh, one thing we, we established a lifelong bond, right? Just, just off of helping right. each other out, just off of helping each other out. But that philosophy of you're only strong with your weakest link is a philosophy that I've used all through life, you know what I'm saying? So that one boom story, like that's like a boom uh, moment and teaching moment that that was, was great and was very much so rewarding. It was probably my happiest day in my my freshman year, you know, uh, uh, when my brother was able to march next to me, you know, we got, I had worked, we had worked together to a point to where we got him that, but it was also a teaching moment that was able to take me all through life. Yeah. Man. So, so Corey, <laughs> li- listening, so listening to what Cortez just said, like I've experienced the exact same things and a lot of people that have come through the boom have experienced some of the exact same stories and, you know, maybe a little bit different, but pretty much the same, like the same type of stories. And man, when you ask somebody, anybody that was in the boom or was a part of the boom, they have some magnificent story. Like the one that Cortez just said, like I'm sitting here listening to this story. Like I didn't know that, you know, cause Cortez is a year ahead of me. So his freshman year, you know, I wasn't there yet. So he had an experience that I had nothing about. Like I knew bits and pieces of that story, but listening to that story is like, I think a tear just fell out of my eye, but I don't want to admit that, but I think it did. Kind of sort of, you know, I think, I think my eyeball was sweating, but that, that, that's a magnificent story. So I, I have, I have like, several stories, but I'm not going to go into all of my several stories. Like, I have so many moments that just pop into my head, Corey, to be honest with you. Like, right now to this day, like, Matias was able to, like, recall that story. Man, I have so many stories that I can recall. One thing that I can recall, I want to say it was the fall of 2000. I could be wrong. Matias, correct me if I'm wrong. We played Alcorn. And it was very, very cold. And 
I think it may have been like three below zero. I'm exaggerating, but it was very, very cold. And we went out there freezing cold and performed. People in the stands with blankets on, and it was yeah. raining to add in, to add yeah, insult to injury. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, raining, yeah. so it was raining yeah. and cold. We were yeah. sitting on the bus. The football team was playing, and Doc came on the bus and said, all right, let's go. We are going out. Let's do it. <laughs> Everybody looked around like, going where? What do you mean out there? Like, it's too cold. We get out there, we get on that field. And, of course, you know, when you start playing, your mm-hmm. blood gets to flowing in your body, and then your body warms up. But as soon as we exited the field, that blood stopped flowing. Oh, like that, <laughs> we weren't warm anymore. It was cold again. So that's one yeah. that's one story that I can recall. Uh, another story I recall, um, my first time going to Chicago ever was with the uh, funny yeah, home of the South. We truck. played. That was, was, that, was that 01? It was 01. 01? It was 01. Yeah, it was 01. Yeah. We played. Uh, yeah. Did we play Howard? Who did we play? That was Howard. Was it Howard? Howard, it was yeah. Howard, right? It was Howard. I, it was Howard. I think we won. Yeah, that was Howard. Right. You know what? That was Howard, right? So we went to was, Chicago. Yeah, that's when our PC Taylor took over as quarterback. It was his first, his first start. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was an experience for me because I had never gone to Chicago. I had never flown on a plane before ever in life. So a lot of first-time experiences a lot of people got from being a part of the Sunny Boom of the South or just being in the band program, period, whether it was symphonic band, um, uh, orchestra, brass quintet, concert band, marching band. I mean, there's so many different levels of uh, – so many different um, um, levels that you could be a part of when it comes to the music program. But just being a part of the boom – you know, it, it, when people say it changed their lives, I mean, that's like a real live statement. So those are my two. I just want to just give two because I know I could go on and on. I know Cortez probably got 15 more he could share. I definitely want to do some boom yeah, shows yeah. where we get some of y'all together and just y'all can just talk, you know, talk about those stories and relive them because I think that would be awesome. Yeah, we have some definitely. good times, bro. Absolutely, man. I think yeah. that was uh, I think that was that was 2000 though. Uh, that was 2001 in Chicago. I'm getting the years mixed up, but it, it was around that time though. But I remember that game. But one, mm-hmm. one of the yeah. to me one of the perks of, of being in the band. Of course, I wasn't in the band, but one of the perks uh, to me was being able to go to all the football games. You know, I know that may not apply to everybody, but I'm a, I'm a big fan. So yeah, I got a chance to go to every game and. You know, back then we had some explosive teams. Of course, we had Sylvester Morris, like you said, and then Robert Kent came along. So, Tess, what do you remember about those game days? What was that? What was the atmosphere like? Man, I think the biggest game day I can remember was '99. Um, '99, it was Southern game, right? Uh, mm. um, I'm saying, like, uh, man, that year, that year was just a, a football year. Was was a great year. The, the, it was so packed in Memorial, like there was no seats. Like I remember because my mom and them used to come for the come up from New Orleans, and my friends would come up from New Orleans for the Southern game. We played Southern in Memorial that year, and it was standing on a hill, like mm-hmm. at the bottom in the end zone, because there was no room. Period in the entire stadium, dog. <laughs> so that's how many people it was. You know what I'm saying? I can remember marching in that year. It was like, man, this is crazy. Because my mom, right before the game, um, 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 she was able to let me know that, you know, uh, basically she there was no standing room, so I wasn't going to see her nowhere. You know, so I kind of was new, uh, was, was, was anticipating it. But when I saw it, 
it was crazy, bro. So I just remember um, um, that year um, when we played, I don't know if we won, but I know we met them again. That was the first year of the SWAC championship, right? And we met him yeah, again yep. and kick a Brian kick a Brian missed that kick. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that like like yesterday. But I know those games were like intense, man, because we had like the best teams. I remember the ninety eight game in Southern when we played them and they cut the score they cut the clock off oh, uh, my on gosh. us <laughs> like yeah. ten seconds yeah. left. But we like got we had like a ninety nine point nine 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 percent red zone efficiency rate. Right, and we I think we yep. might have been down four or something like mm-hmm. that, and, and we bet on a one-two yard line. That's when Destry probably was still there. Uh, uh, yep. I know we had a dope, a dope running back that was, like, automatic, you know. And I remember them boys lining up, and you just heard, pop, <laughs> and the game was over. It was and over. They just died on the field crying out. So those games were, like, super dope. I, I tell everybody, like, that, that swag uh, – you know, going to a sweat game is like no other. I didn't have the privilege of going to any, seeing anything else until maybe a couple of years ago. I've been to some SEC games, uh, LSU and Alabama and Tennessee. I've been in all these stadiums now because uh, uh, my girl's family, is, is they all went to SEC schools. Uh, mm-hmm. um, um, so I was able to travel and see the difference. But, you know, and even though, like, I mean, the people there is like no other in, in those games. The the spirit of of uh, the atmosphere of fun with the band and you know what I'm saying you see the fraternities down, you see the signals y'all down there in the end zone, uh, yeah. uh stepping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You get everything you get you get a you get a, a experience that's unlike any other, you know, and that's me tapping into now being now I'm going to uh other major uh PWIs. Uh, games to to really see the difference. So you so that's good. Mm-hmm. So you were able, you're able to to compare. So like you know we're like our you know Memorial Stadium is like that's where that's our home. That's where we you know we look forward to marching in. We look forward to hitting the ramp. And but so tell me other than Memorial Stadium. So you know we visited several stadiums. What is or what has been your favorite stadium to play at? So my I'll tell you what mine was. Mine well, has been the Liberty, the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Tennessee. You know, of course, yeah, I live in Memphis now, but I really enjoyed the Liberty Bowl. I just like the way, like the way that it was shaped. Just like you know, it's all connected. You know, so what was your favorite stadium to play in? Away, the favorite away stadium to play in? Um, I think it was um, um, I like. I like head-to-head, bro. I hate that damn stack. I, that's why I love Memorial, you know what I'm saying? There's no running. For us in the band, for us, our band world, there's no yep. running. You know, you've head-to-head, <laughs> you face-to-face. So I like yep. all stadiums, you know, that uh, we get it in like that, you know. So I think, believe it, even though they, we always, we, even though we always massacred them, I think Graham was like that, you know, hmm. with that weird marching down into that bowl stadium. But it was just, Head to head, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was one on one. I didn't get to play in uh, uh, Alcorn. I think we still had Capital City Classic all those years. We yeah. So <laughs> I didn't get to play in their stadium, you know what I'm saying, to kind of experience that. But I like the stadiums where, you know, we face to face and there's really no running. I hated Southern for them putting us in that corner. And, and, oh my and, gosh! And and uh, <laughs> all the way in the corner and running from uh, some whoopings that they they've ran from in some years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's so, right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But yeah, so it probably was uh, Grambling, even though the competition yeah. wasn't that. Like we just—I don't know what it is about Grambling, bro. Why they? We just, cause you know, <laughs> you know what's the funny thing? Being from New Orleans, being from uh-huh. New Orleans, and even those years that we were in a band, Terrell, mm-hmm. bro. Like I would see, we would play them and just annihilate them in, in, on, on a band side of things. And I mm-hmm. see them buy you classic, and they have a whole different band. Like I was like, man, I thought I was the same. I, the I thought year, I was the only one that thought that, man. I can't believe you just said that. I agree. Yeah. That's crazy. By the end of the year, Grambling have a whole different band, bro, and we just really <laughs> give them the business every. Year. I think they just take it the worst from us for some reason. I believe they. I believe they. They call some old members back, and and oh yeah, they that, did that, used to do that. They did used see, to do that. See? Wow. They did to do that. Hey, shame on them. <laughs> but that's Gremlin. That's Gremlin for you, though. I'm, I'm, you know, that's 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 Gremlin. <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I want I want I want to take it back to something that you touched on earlier, uh, in, in terms of being in the boom. What life skills or principles did being in the boom instill in you, and how did it prepare you for life after college? I mean, the biggest life skill is probably uh, leadership. Um, that's that's the biggest one. You know what I'm saying? Um, 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 understanding uh, um, that and 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 what it also gave me was, um, I mean, Jackson State as a whole, but especially the boom because we had people from all different places in the sunny boom, right? So. Um, in the music business, I automatically had to jump in and learn to deal with different cultures, different people. Before I got to the band, before I got to the band, when I was in New Orleans, I was just in Shell. So that immediately, you know, opened my horizons up to learn how to interact with people who might not have, been, you know, who had different cultures and may have been different from me, been uh, uh, able to communicate and work within a group and work within a group that was diverse, you know what I'm saying? So I think um, both of those skills um, 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 kind of transcended to my companies that I have now. How we run, how I run my company is how we run, how basically how I, the percussion section is ran within the boom um, um where kind of we have our leaders, we have our section leaders, but, you know, everyone has a say so in the band. So it's family style ran and style ran my company. So a whole lot of things, a whole lot of lessons came uh, uh, from that. My confidence, bro. I mean, going to an HBCU, I think this is, like, I think this is outside of Jackson State, just going to an HBCU, people always ask me, you know, uh, why HBCU or what do you think the difference is in going to HBCU and PWI? I think we purposefully, you know, uh, when we get on the yard, know that you know we we've all, we're on the, the shoulders of our ancestors, and 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 we're in a place where we're celebrated to be black. You know, we got our culture that that's rich there. You know, and that instills confidence in a person. You know, uh, uh, if I'm jumping out in the world, you know, I'm coming from a place where I'm confident, and you know that uh, 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 what the you know and understanding. The, the history and the culture of, of universities like uh, other HBCUs where people that came from our type of schools are very successful, 
you know, uh, has, has done well and really making change in this world, you know. So, so that's a, a big uh, confidence boost that I had coming in, knowing and where Jack stay proud. That's why I still, you know, it's always the, you know, when, when, when I'm out here, even when I'm debating debate amongst, you know, our HBCU peers, it's still HBCU love, but even debating against each other, like that spirit of, 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 of loving uh, our university and what it instilled in me kind of helped me tap into a place when I didn't know nothing about the music business, right? I didn't know anything. So tap into all those, those skill sets that I, I've learned from the signing boom and just being on the yard. You know, all those things when it came to figuring out the music business, those instincts automatically, like, kicked in, like, kicked in and helped me survive and navigate those first couple years till I got my flow and really figured out, you know what I'm saying, what the music business was. That's what's up. And that'll do it for part one of our exclusive interview with Cortez Bryant. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of part two. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag Love. The ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.